I'm Amanda Pittman, and this is the Confident Woman Podcast. This podcast was created to equip you to stand confidently upon the finished work of Jesus. In this community, we'll talk about what you care about most, living shamelessly for Jesus, speaking unapologetically for truth, and bringing heaven to earth. So make yourself comfortable. We're going to chop it up, keep it real, and change the world. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Confident Woman podcast. Right now, we are doing a series interviewing other confident Christian women who are confidently pursuing God's call on their life in their own unique lane. And today, our guest is Janessa Waite. I became familiar with Janessa over a year ago now, and I love the inspirational things that she posted on her Instagram. She does so much to glorify God online. But what really uh, stood out to me was her shop. And she has her shop uh, that she sells prints and art and all kinds of things that um make your home feel like the presence of God is welcome. And and one of the things I did, I I, I knew that I wanted to buy um, a poster from her and I had it on my radar for a while. And once I moved, I bought her poster that says God's presence is welcome here. And it's huge. It's like 40 inches and it's in my living room. And it's one of the first things that people see. And I love that it sets the tone um, to know what this is really about. God's presence is welcome here. It's welcome in this home. And I love that all of the pieces that she creates really points back to Jesus and gives people an opportunity to express that in different ways. And so that really stood out to me. But I want to formally introduce Janessa to you guys. Janessa Waite is a Christian, a wife, a mom and a professional hand lettering artist who believes that encouragement and truth have the power to change the way we live. She started her hand lettering journey in 2015 as a hobby, and it quickly turned into a thriving and successful online business selling art prints, journals, and home decor. Janessa also teaches online courses and has partnered with brands like Cosbox. Janessa also is a speaker and an author. When she's not creating, she and her husband serve as young adult pastors at a local church in Austin, Texas, where they reside. Welcome to the podcast, Janessa. I'm so happy to have you. Thank you. It's an honor for me. Sorry, that was a lengthy bio. I was like, (laughs) it's a pretty big bio. (laughs) No problem. A lot of people actually have lengthy bios, but I love to read them and not shortchange them because we may as well share all that God is doing in our lives. I apologize for it. If God's doing all that in your life, let's share it because this, this is what you're about. I'm here. So let's kick it up, Vanessa. I want to know the details. How did your walk with Christ begin? Yeah. So I actually grew up in a Christian home. I was very blessed. Uh, my dad is, well, my whole life he was a pastor. He still pastors a church in Canada, which is where I'm from. I'm not American. I married an American, so I live here in the States, but I knew God my whole life, um, but it really wasn't until I was 18 years old that I had a life-changing encounter. For a long time, I had lived my Christian walk in the shadows of my parents. And, you know, I knew God, I knew truth, but I still hadn't had this encounter that um, told me that I was loved before I did anything. So for a long time, I lived 
for love instead of from his love. And that really, at 18 years old, I had really, I had walked away from God for six months. It wasn't too long, praise God. It was six long months of darkness and pain. And I had walked away from the Lord because I hit burnout. I mean, I was just trying so hard to do all the right things to please God. Cause when I was doing things for him, that's what I felt closest to him. And that just isn't sustainable because the truth is, and I didn't know at the time was that God already loved me before I had done anything. And I remember going to my youth pastor at the time and I was a weepy mess. I mean, I came to the bottom, I hit rock bottom. I just went to my youth pastor and I confessed everything. I just could not hold anything in anymore. I was desperate. I was desperate for freedom. And I just told him, I repented out loud. I told him all the secret sin and I felt this weight lift off of me. And I remember um, leaning against the youth leader's shoulder and I was just crying. And then all of a sudden I could feel the peace of God. Truly, it was like the peace that surpasses understanding. It's a peace I to this day have never experienced where I felt like I was floating and I had my head on her shoulder and I had this um, picture come up into my mind, a very clear picture or vision of this kingdom and this palace. And I remember I had this aerial view and all these servants were going in and out, you know, like a kingdom or a castle and they're doing their duties and they're going, bringing the king things that he needed. And I remember seeing God on his throne and, and I heard the, the voice of God in that moment. And it's so gently, he said, Janessa, you see all these servants, they're doing really great things for me. They're they're doing, um, they're working hard. They're doing things for the kingdom. But at the end of the day, all that is mine cannot be inherited to them. Mm-hmm. Servants don't inherit the kingdom from the, the king. And he told me, he's like, you do not, like, you don't have to be, you don't have to do anything for me for the rest of your life. But because you're a daughter, you will inherit my kingdom. And it just broke this thing off of my life that said, I don't have to work to be part of God's kingdom, to inherit all that he already has for me. And that's when I believe for the first time I was a daughter, that I was a daughter of Jesus and it changed my life. I no longer had to strive. I no longer had to perform and it lifted off the pressure and it changed everything. So that was like my, I say it was like my second conversion. (laughs) Everything changed because it's all about identity. Really it is. Is wow, Ooh, I'm a little choked up. Pause <laughs> for a moment. <laughs> I wasn't expecting that. Um, yeah, sorry, I went deep quick, but it's, yeah, God is so good. He's so kind. He's so good. He's so good, and I think that um, so often we lose sight of our identity in Christ. It's not, mm-hmm. it's not that we are his slaves or his servants is that we're his daughters. And once you understand that, um, it changes everything. And that's, um, now I'm getting teary up here. <laughs> Hello guys. Anticipating that. that is so incredibly powerful because that is the message that I want to bring to the world. That's the message I try to shout from the rooftops. Like, you, you stand confidently in what he's already done for you. You stand confidently upon his finished work. It's not something you have to add to. It's already done. And when we truly understand that, 
And when we truly believe that, it changes everything. And it gives us a confidence that can't be bought. It can't be placed in our looks. It can't be placed in our works, our perfection, our performance. It can't be placed anywhere because it's it's in something that can't be taken away from us because it's not dependent on us. It's the most freeing thing ever because you can't be confident in and of yourself because you will fail. At some point, you will fail, but he never will. And so- I don't think that I've heard, um, I don't think I've heard another woman communicate this in such a way that resonates with me so much because I believe that this is the message that God has placed inside of me to carry. Um, and so for him to give you such a beautiful revelation in this vision is just, um, it's just so beautiful. And I'm just kind of like basking in what, in what he did. I'm so excited for women to hear this. I'm so glad we're recording this. Um, yeah. Thank you for sharing that. Of course. <laughs> yeah. Are you someone who is um are you someone who is normally prophetic? Do you normally get visions or was this something that was um common yeah. for you? Yeah, this is I mean, I would say that the prophetic comes very naturally to me. I just see in pictures, I get impressions in my spirit, I'll feel things really strongly. So that definitely is um I would say a gifting that God has put on my life that I love to use um, for his kingdom. And and he's spoken to me a lot through the prophetic, through visions and pictures in my mind. And um, yeah. Yeah. I can relate a lot to that. Um, That's some, that's a way that God communicates to me as well. Mm -hmm. Uh, I remember when I had my going away from God and my stage of rebellion, it was actually a dream that drew him back. Wow. And in that dream, I visited heaven and he showed me around heaven and it changed my life. And so to hear you have such a similar experience, is just like so powerful to me. And so I'm, I'm just, it's so cool to see that and, and to resonate with that. Um, Good. Such a blessing. How would you say that um, you walk in your prophetic gift to this day, how does that play out in your everyday walk with Christ? Wow, no, that's a great question. I mean, it, it definitely changes in seasons, and that's what I love about God. He keeps you on your toes. You gotta be one in the spirit with Him. Um, but for me, you know, typically it's through um, it is through pictures, like I'll just or through remembrance. It's kind of funny. Sometimes people say like, "Oh, I was thinking about you," and the song came up to mind, or. I'll be talking with someone like you remind me of this person. A lot of times it's actually the prophetic operating and we have no idea. And so even the other day I was with some friends and we were just practicing and the prophetic is really just hearing God's voice for someone. Cause I know that word can sometimes freak people out of like the prophetic, like only like a few people are chosen for that gift. And actually all of us, the Bible says is to earnestly seek the spiritual gifts, especially that you may prophesy. So even as like, I just want to encourage those listening. Like you can hear God's voice. Like the Bible says, my sheep hear my voice. You hear God's voice. And so you do hear, and you can see things over people. If you ask God, what is he saying about them? And it just comes in different ways. So pictures, um, I sometimes just remember, like I'll see someone and they remind me of something. And I know that God, that's God speaking. Um, or just through the word I'll get scripture will come up in my spirit and I'm like, Oh, there's something on this. And, and as you practice, you'll feel it. You'll know you're like, Oh, I think this is God. And it's, it's like a muscle. You just got to keep practicing it and exercise it. And it gets stronger as you grow in your walk with Christ. But 
it's a, it's a powerful gift and it's needed in the body of Christ and unbelievers need it too. Unbelievers need to hear what God is saying over them because they don't know who they are. They're lost and they need to be pointed back to the father. Yeah. And I think what's really great about what you mentioned is that the, is the fact that prophecy always points back to the father. It points back to Christ and we have a long-term um, view and an, an eternal view of how we operate in our gifts, then that's where it makes the most impact. I love that you brought up unbelievers. Like so many times we think about prophecy in terms of, you know, I want to know what's next for my life, or I want to know where my next blessing is. But in fact, it really, all prophecy really points back to Jesus and helps to reorient us towards him. And mm-hmm. it helps us to know more about who we are, but it's who we are. And so I love the way that you described that and you explained that. And um, I completely agree. We all have competent access to the father. And yeah. if we are, if we open up space for him, he's always willing and ready to speak. And so it's such a privilege to be able to hear from him mm-hmm. and he'll speak to us if we seek him. Yeah. So thank you for sharing that. Um, mm-hmm. I want to go into a little bit more about your online business. Yeah. I'm in an online business, me and my husband, we do online business. So I definitely feel like I, there's so much that I'm interested in hearing from you, especially because you sell physical products. I'm, I'm very much so used to digital products. Um, I know you do both, but I, I just am so curious about this and how you're walking in it. So what led you to share your faith online and build a faith-based business? Yeah, it was really, I tell people, I kind of stumbled into the world of hand lettering. It wasn't something that I got a word from God and I had this grand dream of like in five-year plan, I'm going to have this on, like none of that happened. It was like so like funny looking back. I'm like, wow, really? It was a small tug in my heart that I felt like the Holy Spirit had. He's like, hey, like you should try this out because you could do this too. There was a hand letter I was introduced to. Um, back in 2015, she was based out of Australia. And I remember a friend showed me her style and I was like, Oh, like, this looks awesome. And then I heard the Lord say that. And it really just started this journey. It was really a journey for me of, you know, getting a ballpoint pen, not having the right like instruments. Like I didn't know that there was brush pen, there was inks. Like I just had, I was like trying to just get my handwriting to look decent. Right. <laughs> I could barely read it at the time. And it was just really a process. And, and as I just kept stewarding and growing and just, it was my way to connect with God. I couldn't work that year. I was waiting for my green card. So I had a lot of time on my hands and I'm like, you know what, God, I'm going to, let's just do this together. That's how it started. I was like, I want to do this with you, Jesus. So I would put on worship music and I would make, I would make it my time with God. And in that, like God would speak to me. I would be practicing my A's, my B's. I had this big Binder, I literally filled with letters because I just wanted to get like practice and get better and um and kind of develop my style in there. And eventually, you know, Ben, my husband, he was like, you know, you're getting like a lot better. Have you thought of like maybe we should sell some? I'm like, no, 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 no. like I can't do that. I so disqualified myself. There were so many lies in my life at that point that said you'll never do business. You don't know how to do good with money. You spend money just as fast as you get it. Like all these lies that I had believed for the majority of my childhood, I had to confront in this season. And I had to believe I had to, I had a moment where God was like, are you going to believe 
what people told you your whole life? Are you going to actually, are you going to step into by faith when I'm speaking over you, even though it doesn't feel true and maybe, you know, you're, you're, you're growing in it. And I was like, so afraid in that moment, but I just kept saying, yes, that was the thing. Just keep saying yes. I knew in my heart. And so I just started creating custom pieces for friends, for family. And I just slowly got, and it was always vulnerable, but I slowly got confident because I kept saying yes. Mm -hmm. And I had just to trust the father. I had to trust him this whole time. And, um, it took about, so that was 2015. It wasn't until 2017. I actually launched my, my actual like online print business and it was like nerve wracking. It was, I mean, business and putting something out there that you create is always scary, but I learned so much. And, and in that journey, um, the Lord very quickly in the beginning stages of me practicing hand lettering, um, he spoke to me and he said, I want you to share your process online. And, you know, that was like hand lettering was starting to slowly get big. Like it wasn't what it is today. It was the wave was, was coming. And I feel like I, I caught the wave at the, it was the great, a great time to get into hand lettering. Yeah. Um, but it was like, not a lot of people were doing that. So it was just like, okay, would share a piece that I got while I was connecting with God in my hand lettering time. And then just share it a little bit. And it was scary. Like, but I just heard a word from God to just share the process. And a lot of it was obedience. Mm -hmm. I just kept obeying and I kept obeying. And, and, um, it was hard in times where I'm like, and I did get in the whole thought process of like, what will people think? Like, is this what what people want to hear? And I had to even battle that mountain and God showed me like, Hey, this is a stronghold in your life. Like you cannot be a people pleaser to go to where I'm taking you this needs to come down. And I remember having another encounter where God just like helped me just overcome that fear of like, you know, sharing a little bit more and what will people think and really just getting over myself in a lot of ways of like, this isn't for me. God is using this to speak to people and I'm just a vessel and I'm just going to keep saying yes. So it grew over time and it was definitely a journey and it still is like, it definitely still is a journey and I don't think the journey will ever end. I'll never arrive, but it's just been a fun, it's been fun doing it with God and not apart from him. I just, I think it's beautiful. I, I You really set a good example of what it looks like to partner with God in your vision. It's not necessarily that you heard, you had a vision, you had heard the voice of God and he's laid out your whole blueprint, but you just took a few steps forward and it turned into something incredibly beautiful because you listen to him along the way. And I, that's really, <clears throat> when you're a believer, business does look like that because the way that you operate when you're an unbeliever and the way that you operate when you are a believer is going to affect your business. You, you don't just have your own life and then your business is a compart- another compartment that God is not involved in. No, he's involved in it and you partner with him. And that's when he really breathes on it. And that's where the anointing is. And that's where the power is. And you're literally ushering in the spirit of God through your hand lettering because people are bringing these items into their home. How, you know, how many people um, are doing witchcraft and they're cursing items and those are going into people's homes, but you're ushering into in the presence of God because you're praying over this and you're in you're worshiping while you're creating this. And that is a beautiful 
picture of what it looks like to include God in your business as a Christian entrepreneur. We just work differently. We operate differently. So that's, I, I think that's such a great example. Um, did, for you, did it take off right away? Did you see, you know, a, a lot of sales right away? Um, was it kind of like an upward climb? And then, it, you know, you pushed through. What was that process like for you? Yeah, it definitely was a slow process. Like, um, definitely there were times, and I kind of explain it like we would grow and then we would cap. Mm-hmm. And at, when we capped, it was like, we can't take any more. And like, and then God would be like, okay, you need to get these things in place to like stretch the structure so that he can pour more increase. And mm-hmm. then you steward that well until you hit that cap. And then the structure expanded so that he could pour more increase. Mm-hmm. So the thing for me was really like, we just stewarded what he gave us in that season really well. And it was God that showed us, Hey, you need this program. You need these, you need these things. This, this, um, this is a strategy. And Every time we went to God or we heard different, we sought out help from other people that were doing this, they would point us in the right direction. That would help us expand um, the structure to take the increase because if God poured out everything at once, it would have squashed us. And I'm like, praise the Lord. That didn't happen right up for us personally. We just weren't ready. Um, so it's definitely been, you know, you do the best you can with excellence and you steward what you have. And then you learn along the way you're growing and then it's kind of like a baby as it grows, like your stomach's stretching, things are stretching so that the baby can grow and like all these things. And so it's been um, a process, but I would say, honestly, when we moved to Austin, um, I definitely saw more increase. And I think honestly, it also is because of the city and it's a very entrepreneurial city and there is an anointing for businesses in Austin to take off. And and I know that a part of it was what we stewarded, but being in Austin also accelerated our business, which was really cool. And I love to tell people, you know, even like pay attention to like, what is it that, that your city carries? Cause that will actually, there's something about like why God put your business in the city that you're in. And I mean, I could go on more into that, but it's, it's interesting how coming to Austin helped um, also launch our business. And I think it's a, that's prophetically what Austin does for um, entrepreneurs as well. Great, great. Yeah, I I love that you talked about the capacity piece because mm-hmm. you know I tell people all this all this all the time. You can pray for increase, you can pray for more, but if you don't have the capacity to receive it, the yeah. increase that you get, the more that you get, is not a blessing; it becomes a burden. Mm-hmm. And it's so incredibly essential that you ask the strategy on how to increase your capacity to gain and to, like you said, steward what he's given you because it's not just about getting more. It's about sustaining more and being able to multiply it. And so when you partner with God, as you are doing it, he gives you the divine strategy on how to do it. And it's really apparent that you've been asking him along the way. And that, and it's very cool to see, you know, He's sending relationships along your way to give you uh, a few tips. I mean, that's even happened in my husband and I's life. A lot of times uh, the best ideas come by way of the Holy Spirit through people. And when when you're in the right community, when you're around other people who are entrepreneurial and also hear from the Lord, it's Mm -hmm. it's an incredible blessing. And they help to give you some of that strategy. Um, you already touched on it. It's already kind of oozing out, but I want to explicitly ask you, what would you say, how would you say Christian entrepreneurs need to operate in a different manner than 
others who don't know the Lord? I mean, first of all, we just have to think differently. We, you know, in Romans 12, 2, it says, do not be conformed by the pattern of this world. We be transformed by renewing of your mind. So we have to be intentional. If we're not intentional with how we think, we are going to conform to a pattern that's very strong in this world. So we have to renew our minds with God's truth, with what he values, what, what the kingdom values. And so we have to intentionally think differently. We have to think like Christ in our business. And so I would say that, and, you know, kind of, we talked on it a little bit is just doing business with God and not apart from him and, and actually asking the questions like, God, how are we going to collaborate in our business? You know, I love to look like, I love collaborating with God. And there's, there's even products that I've intentionally sat with God and waited until I got a download. I waited. I'm like, kind of like wrestling with God, like, God, let's collaborate. I have this idea, but I need you to help me finish it. And he will come through. And those products end up being the best sellers that I have. And I'm like, that's God's thumbprint. And I'll even get testimonies of, I had this pillowcase and I was dealing with insomnia and I couldn't sleep. And I just believe that like, it was just stirred up faith in people. And like, and I got healed. I'm like, that's amazing. Like it wasn't me, but it was faith. And now I was partnering with God and prints that hang in people's home where they're like, I felt discouraged. I sent this to um, a friend, sent it to a friend that was really discouraged. And um, she was battling just even, she was, I think she was at the, at the hospital, mental hospital for an eating disorder. And she got one of her prints and she said it gave her so much hope. So you don't know where these products, the, the things that you make go, but partnering with God, it carries his presence. And so doing things with God, collaborating with him, it will bear way more fruit than you could ever imagine. So asking him the questions. Um, but yeah, those are the two things I would say that stood out to me when I thought about that is thinking differently and collaborating with God and doing it with him. Yes. Powerful, powerful, powerful. Oh my goodness. <laughs> so what are some things that surprised you about going into business? Maybe things you didn't expect. Um, it's a lot harder than I realized. <laughs> <laughs> it was hard. And, um, I think just, um, surrendering, I think that's something I just was surprised about was like how much I needed to surrender everything to the Lord and holding everything with an open hand. And, and, um, yeah, I mean, I think it's important as believer, um, Christian entrepreneurs to hold everything with an open hand. If God says, pack up the business, you're shutting it down tomorrow. Will you, are you okay with that? And I think as it, it's important that we, we build, you know, with, um, in my, keeping in mind, like I'm building for the kingdom of God, but also holding everything with an open hand. And that's really one thing I've seen. I'm like, oh gosh, I need to like consistently hold everything with an open hand and not control. And the moment we just grab things, we control, we, we want it like, the way that we want it. And then we just like, we lose the beauty of just doing it with the Lord and this surrender and this trust. So that definitely has been something I was surprised at like, Oh wow, it's a daily surrender. And I have to really trust and, and wait on the Lord. That was another thing waiting on God, especially on decisions, because you know, when you're an entrepreneur, you're making decisions left and right. You're like, I got to do this. I got to do this. And the Lord's like, wait. And it's funny. Cause that's my last name. It's wait. W A. <laughs> And I thought that was God's humor that he would give me my last name, wait. And that's literally what I, I've had to learn in being an entrepreneur. It's like waiting on God. And 
there are things that I could have walked through doors that were open and it wouldn't have been the right time. And I felt the Lord said, wait, wait. And I waited. And then a better door opened up a way better door. And, you know, I love to say like, not every open door is a God door and you have to really wait on the Lord and you have to just lean into him and ask him, is this something that, is this you God? Because the devil can give you favor. Reality, He can can open doors for you, but is that a God door? Is that God's best for you? And sometimes God will test us in those. And it's important as kingdom, you know, kingdom entrepreneurs to really keep leaning into God and to keep making his voice a priority and make it more important than doors that look awesome. Yeah. I don't think I hear enough about holding your business with an open hand. Mm-hmm. I that, um, you know, there's this rise and wave of entrepreneurship. And a lot of people, if I'm being completely honest, a lot of people claim to be faith-based, um, but they don't have that kingdom mentality behind it. Mm-hmm. And um, I think that whenever we do pursue business, we do have to have that mentality. If at any point God wants us to lay it down for him, we have to be willing. If, if at any point he wants us to shift or regroup or move in a new direction, wow. we have to be willing. It's a partnership. It's mm-hmm. not something that belongs to us. We're just stewards. It's his and yeah. we're just doing it. Yeah. I'm touched on that. I don't hear it enough. I really yeah. don't. I had a business, if I can share a real quick testimony. So um, I didn't mention this, but I feel like I'm meant to share this now. But earlier, so when I started my hand lettering, I actually did start, I didn't do prints at the time. It wasn't until 2017, moving to Austin, that we pivoted. So before that, I actually was doing farmhouse wood signs. That's how I was, I, we actually, that was like my first baby business. It was this wood sign company and we were doing shows. It was rocking. I was living in Redding, California at the time. Um, and we were doing all these shows and, and it was starting to make a lot of money. And I was like, yes, this is awesome. This is my first business that like actually grew and it was awesome. And then when we moved to Austin, I had this Woodsign company that I was like, oh, it's going to be in Austin. It's going to blow up. Cause there's like 10 times more people than in Redding that only had 90,000. There's like 1.2 million people here. Mm-hmm. I got to Austin and it like failed hard. And I remember not wanting to let go. Ben's, my husband was like, I think we need to let go of this. I'm like, no, like I worked so hard. I'm not giving up. But the grace was lifting. That's when we knew the yeah. grace was lifting. And I remember the Lord asking me, he's like, Janessa, will you give this to me? And I was like crying. And I was like, this is my baby. You know, it's like all your, your heart. Like I gone through so much in that and I let it go. But because I let that go, that's when the God reshifted the whole business. Cause I was like, well, now what? And he's like, do prints. It just started with like, just do a print, sell an eight by 10 print. And that's it. And I would sell through DM stories. I would put, I would have a print and I would put it on my Instagram story. Like, Hey, shoot me a DM. If you want this print, like that's how it started. And it grew slowly. Then we put a website up, but I had to let go of that business. And now this business does three, four, five times what it did. And it's way less work. <laughs> so I'm like, God knew and he's so faithful. So it's okay to let go of things if he's calling you to let go because he's leading you into something better that will also um, be more beneficial for you in your time. I'm so happy you shared that story because it's, it is a picture of what alignment looks like. Yes. At the beginning of this year, 
my husband and I, we moved back to Texas. We're originally from Texas. We lived in Atlanta for a little bit and we've moved back and we're happy to be, to be back. And there was a point where we had just moved back and everything just seemed so smooth. It, it, it felt as if we had to work, but it felt as if all the work was energizing and not draining. And it felt as if um, we were provided for divinely. And it felt as if all of the work that we were doing was making a direct impact on other people. And there was a moment where my husband and I we were just basking in it and we're saying, this feels like the garden. It feels like, you know, in the garden, God gave Adam and Eve responsibility. They still had dominion. They still had things that they had to tend to, uh, but it didn't have all of the added stress of the fall. And, you know, there weren't the thorns they had to deal with and, um, and childbearing wasn't painful. And, and, and so it was work, but it was work in alignment. It was work with the presence of God there because they were with God in the garden. And um, I think that whenever God gives you something to steward, when you're in alignment with him, it's going to feel like work and it, it will even feel like hard work, but it's going to feel like the right work. And there's going to be a beautiful anointing blessing that flows from it. And so many times when we cling to things so tightly that God is saying, let go of, or when we're clinging to our own ideas or our own desires so tightly, then it doesn't even create any room or capacity mm. to receive more that he has for us. So I, I think that you letting go of that yeah. and stepping into the newness that he had for you was such a beautiful picture of, of what alignment looks like. And when you're aligned with him, that's where, that's where the blessings flow. And not that it's always about a material blessing, yeah. but there is, uh, there's fruit and you can see that fruit. Um, mm -hmm. that, and, and I'm so positive people needed to hear it. I needed to hear it. It's beautiful. So you talked about money. And um, whenever you go into entrepreneurship, you have to come face to face with money. Yeah. I have worked with a lot of Christian entrepreneurs and a lot of them have some really hard, just really poor thoughts around money and have yeah. a really hard time receiving money, selling, um, and, and all of that. And so it's interesting because as believers, uh, we shouldn't cling too tightly to money. You know, we shouldn't be dependent on it. We are dependent on Christ, but in the same regard, we should also have a mentality of understanding the value that we put out and, and getting paid in return for that value. And so I've had to have a lot of money shifts, but I want to hear more about, um, your approach to money and it's of business and kind of the journey that God took you on um, as a business owner and shifting to that. Yeah. You know, I think for me, one thing I've just learned in, um, and I, I'm thankful for parents who really taught me, did their best to teach me this, is that money is just a tool. Money is a tool and money should never be the thing that drives us. You know, the Bible says you can't serve God and serve money. You can't serve two masters. And the moment that money becomes the, the driving force behind your decisions, behind your thoughts, behind everything, like that's when it becomes like, oh, you got to check in with God and see, are, are you serving money or serving God? And really, I think, you know, there is, there was a season, I will say though, when we first got married, there was a season when we first started this business where we had to steward our our finances really well. And that was what God asked of us in that season. He said, you know, steward this. I had a budget. I was, you know, we were, 
but it wasn't to the place of like control. It was because God asked us to, and we did it and we would buy what we needed at the time. We didn't live above our means. And that was what we felt God called us to do in that season. And, and really, you know, it's stewarding, like God wants you to steward the tools that he gave you. And it's really, I, you know, money isn't yours. And I would say money isn't mine. It's God's. <laughs> like when I look at my business, I don't own anything in my mind. That's how we see it. Like when we get a big, you know, influx of money, like that's great. It pays the bills. It does things, but there's times where God will speak to us and say, so into this person, so into that person. And, and that's part of having a kingdom business is that you don't own your, you're just the vessel. Your, your money is a tool to advance the kingdom of God. Yes. And so if he asks you to give away X, you know, an X amount of money to someone or to, you know, I, I'm very big on tithing to your local church. Are you tithing? Like stuff like that. It shows us where our heart is with money yes. and is we can't serve money. And God like is, can you, if God asked to give you to, for you to give half of your income of this year away, would you do it in a heartbeat? You know, like we have to, we have to ask ourselves those questions because it reveals what's in our heart. So I definitely would say like, it, it's not, you can't serve both. You have to, your money isn't yours. It's God's. And you just keep seeking the Lord of like, what, you know, what do we do with this? If you get abundance? Um, yeah. I don't know if that answered your question, but kind of feel I, I think that you you kind of get a double whammy, you know, because your your faith based business is advancing the kingdom because of what you're doing. It's business, but it's also in some ways ministry. You're still advancing the kingdom by the things that you put into people's homes, the hand lettering, all of that. But in the same regard, you know, when you get compensated for that, if God is saying, "I want you to sow into this other way, uh, another ministry, another family, or whatever it may be." Yeah. Or, and you're obedient to that, you get to sow back into the kingdom as well. And that's what kingdom economics look like. And whenever you're confident in, in charging, you actually have a lot more leverage financially mm. for the kingdom. And I, I see so many entrepreneurs um, who are just getting started, who really fear charging for their, their products, their services. Um, and I think that they're just lacking that understanding of what it can do when you actually have more leverage to finance the kingdom. Yeah. And I, that's, it, it, it takes a long-term vision because a lot of times we think that, you know, if we're, if we're earning money and we're, we're charging what we want to charge, then it's essentially uh, an inherently greedy when in actuality, if you have more you can give more and mm-hmm. your heart towards money is not necessarily um doesn't change usually depending on how much money you have it's just amplified your heart is amplified with that money and so if you're a giver when you have a little if, if you are a giver when you have little you'll yeah. be a giver when you have much yeah. and i believe that if you practice the principles of giving and stewardship with little, God is going to trust you with more. And so even you sharing your experience of budgeting and um, really seeing where everything is going because you're being obedient to God, that is simply a principle of stewardship. And so it doesn't surprise me that he will continue to multiply and increase and give you even a greater capacity. It's because you're being faithful with, with what he has already given you. And so that is kingdom 
principle through and through. And for anybody who's listening, I really want you to internalize that, especially those who feel called to entrepreneurship. So what would you say to someone who who really doesn't feel comfortable selling, who doesn't feel comfortable charging, but they know that God is calling them to have a business? What type of mind shifts do you think that they should have in order to build that confidence? Yeah, I mean, I think it's, there are some practicals like, you know, no, it is not bad to be profitable. And I think for some reason, for some reason, I don't know why, but Christians can sometimes be very stingy. And there's this thing that the world sees as like, Christians can't make money. Like Christians can't believe they can't pursue wealth or whatever. I'm like, sorry, that's just garbage mentality. I'm like, if you wouldn't, if even like believers think that other believers shouldn't be charging for products, I think that's ridiculous. Like God gave this beautiful gift of, um, you know, entrepreneur, um, becoming an entrepreneur in people's lives. And it's, and it's so that they can fund the kingdom. It's so that they can, like we were talking about, um, be a tool, a vessel for God to use to expand his reach and whatnot. And so for those who are wanting, who are nervous or scared, I would just say like, don't be afraid of man. Like, I think that sometimes rooted like fear of man, like, and even your own fear of like, will will people even buy this? Or like, I need to maybe sell really cheap so that pe- like, it's always better to charge more than way less. Cause if it, if it's not moving when it's higher, then you, you can bump the price down, but it's, it's always worse when you like do way too cheap. And then you're like, Oh my gosh, now i got to bump up the price, but it's already started low. Do you know what I mean? Like I always tell people go a little bit higher and you'll figure it out. Like you may not get it right. The first time I didn't, I remember selling custom pieces for like 15 bucks in the beginning. I mean, like I, times 10 that price now because I'm like, right, this is my time, but you grow in your gift and, and you'll learn. And I think a lot of times we put so much pressure. I have to get this right. I like I'm, we put all this pressure and it's okay that you don't get it right. The first, the second, the third time, like just get yourself out there. Maybe your breakthrough is you just saying I'm selling something and that's, that's awesome. And keep going and putting yourself out there and you will grow and maybe look for other people that are five years where you like ahead of where you are and ask them questions like, how did you price this? Or how did you do X, Y, and Z and, and glean from people that are further ahead from you that can help you. So yeah, don't be afraid to put a, a price tag because the people that will value you will find you and they will pay for that. And, and that is, um, it's worth it. You know, for the people that are like, this is too expensive. Like, They'll go somewhere else cheaper. They'll go to Hobby Lobby or whatever. Like they'll go find something else. But you just put value in what you give. And yeah, that's what I would say. Yeah. At the end of the day, it's all about value. You know, if you value your own time and others value your time and what you're giving um, Mm -hmm. and what you're providing, it's simply an exchange. Yeah. You're you're simply making an exchange for the value that you provide. And even that is um, not necessarily... It, it's, it's neither, it's neither, it's not moral. It, it's amoral. And, and, and getting paid for what you, you do is simply an exchange of value. Yeah. And it's, yeah. it's neither good nor bad. It just is. Um, it really helps to break some of those mentalities off. Um, yeah. because you're charging for something doesn't, 
it doesn't make you an evil person. I mean, you you simply charge for your time if you have a job. You're charging for your time. You don't realize you're already engaging in the marketplace in that way. But when you start doing it for yourself, you have to shift your mind in such a way that you understand I'm still exchanging for my value and for my time, but I have a different uh, customer or I have a different consumer. I have a different yeah. a different person that I'm serving. Um, and also one thing that was helpful for me was shifting from a mentality of selling to serving. And whenever you have this mentality of, I have to sell, I have to sell, um, there's just such a negative connotation with that, that we just associate with selling for some reason, a lot of Christians do. Um, But in actuality, you're many times the amount of income that you create is tied to how many people you've served or the degree in which you've served them. Even think about a doctor, A, a doctor, serves people to a great degree. They can save people's lives and they get compensated well for that because of all the time that went into studying for that, all the effort they put into learning and then having the expertise and the follow through to help that person, they deserve to get paid for the value that they're offering. It's the same thing with business. And so, yeah, you you definitely explain that so well. And I'm, I'm, I'm just grateful to see that um, you are showing what it could look like for people because a lot of people they know that they're called to it but it's hard for them to see an example of it and so just thank you for sharing your example um i have one last question for you um and then we'll share with people how they can find you uh, and all of that so how what would you say empowers you to walk in confidence mm-hmm. one person it's jesus <laughs> It really truly is. I mean, like, it's not that complicated. And I think sometimes we forget to make keep the main thing the main thing. Like, just it's Jesus. It's his presence. It's it's intimacy with God. And that's how I found confidence. It's apart from him. Like, I don't know who I am. I don't know what I'm doing. Like, that's where everything comes back to. It's, it's not more self help books. It's not more podcasts. It's those things are great. And you can do those things. But if like, it has to be Jesus, first and foremost, you become what you behold, you become what you set your eyes on. And for me, it's just pursuing the face of Jesus, knowing who he is, getting his heart for his people and being transformed into his likeness. That Mm -hmm. is for me, that's what gives me confidence. It's discovering more and more who I am and whose I belong to. And then everything overflows that place. You can only give what you have. So that's where that confidence um, has grown from is just knowing who I am and who I belong to. Amen. Amen. So I'm sure that after this podcast, people who didn't already know you want to know where they can find you, uh, want to know more about your shop, all the things that you offer. So share with us how we can keep in touch and connect and find more from you. Yeah. I mean, Instagram is a great place. Um, I shoot me a DM. I try to answer as many as I can, but, um, just my name, Janessa Waite. Uh, and then I have a website, JanessaWaite.com and I have a shop and all the things that you can find me there. Awesome. Well, it has been a pleasure to hear from you. I was pleasantly surprised. I, I, I had anticipation and I was praying for, um, my interview with you, but it, it honestly, um, surpassed my expectations. So thank you for your time. Um, and I'm so positive that you are such a blessing to all the people that you touch in person, online, and all the people that you're going to reach. So thank you so much for, for your time, Janessa. Thank you for having me.
All right, guys, that's the end of today's conversation. If you're a part of the Confident Woman community, then do your part. Leave a review, a five-star podcast rating, and spread the word. If you haven't already, join our Facebook community and follow us on Instagram at Confident Woman Co. As always, stay confident.